The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. And I'm Adair Moran. And I was so excited to get the show started, I jumped in before the introductions. I'm like that. Well, hi, everybody. So many amazing things are happening in the veg world this week. I just got back from the Colorado Veg Fest in Denver, which was really, really cool. And you know who I saw there, Adair? Who? I saw somebody who used to come to the monthly vegetarian potlucks that we went to in East Chicago, Indiana, when you were but a wee toddler. And his name is John Pierre. John Pierre is a fitness trainer, always has been, all those years ago when we used to know him. Vegan, great guy. And a few years ago, he started talking about it would be nice to get some celebrity clients so that he could get the vegan message more out into the world. And I think everybody was thinking, well, yeah, you know, we all want to be rich and famous. What's new about that? But you know what? What? He got some. He moved to L.A. and he has amazing clients, including Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi. But what is so fascinating about John pierre is this man is so dedicated to giving and doing good in the world that he doesn't care that he has celebrity clients and that he gets flown places in private jets. In fact, his goal in life is to be able to leave L.A., do all the good that he can do there, and then go someplace simpler and start a farm animal sanctuary. Is that cool or what? I would like to start a farm animal sanctuary. I don't think that's so strange. No, it's not strange. It's wonderful and fabulous. And at the same conference, in fact, at the same dinner last Friday night with, with John Pierre, I was there with another interesting young man. His name is Ryan Andrews, and he is a registered dietitian, master's degree in nutrition, also a fitness trainer, wrote a fabulous book called Drop the Fat Act and Live Lean. Now, you know, I don't like a lot of weight loss books because I think I know about that and a lot of other people don't. Okay. This guy knows about that. He's never had the problem as I have had it, but he understands it beautifully. Anyway, when that horrible oil spill happened in the Gulf a few years ago, he sold his car and gave money to people affected by the oil spill. And his mom was so impressed by that that she wrote into Oprah 
and said her son was one of these inspiring people that they were looking for in Oprah's last season. So they flew to Chicago to be in the audience for this Oprah show, not realizing that it was one of those favorite things shows that she used to do. So they got all this stuff, and they each got a car. So his mom picked me up at the airport in this gorgeous 2012 red Volkswagen. And her son, when he was driving me, was in borrowed cars because he gave his away. He likes the simple life. So here's what I learned from Jean-Pierre and Ryan Andrews, that everything that we thought we knew about the law of attraction was wrong, that it's really about how much you put out into the world, and then the universe wants to give back to you, and it has to give you material stuff because it's a material world. You're looking perplexed, but I found it Quite enlightening. Okay. So what's been going on with you, Adair? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit out of it today. I was working overnight on a film shoot last night, so I'm, I'm a little sleepy right now. So you were, what, a cocktail waitress in the movie? Yeah, I was uh, Yeah, I was working background, which is not terribly exciting or glamorous. But, um, yeah, I was playing a waitress at a party scene and carrying around a tray full of champagne flutes, which I was never good at even when I was a real waitress so somehow they think I'm going to be good at it as a film waitress. Well, but, this is why they call it acting. And I didn't spill on any celebrities, so that was a, a good sign. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And who was the celebrity that you did see? Because I think she's a vegan, actually. Oh, uh, well, uh, Stephanie March was in the scene, who I just know because I'm a big fan of Law & Order SVU. Um, and there were several other actresses. I, I didn't know everybody. Well, she is this absolutely gorgeous woman who used to play the um, assistant DA on, on SVU. And the yeah. reason I think she's a vegan, and somebody could call in if you know for sure or not, but I actually met her at a party at the home of Kathy Freston, who wrote The Veganist, and it was a party to celebrate the bestseller status of Jonathan Safran Foer's book, Eating Animals. So most people who were there were pretty veg-friendly. Oh, so. well, good. Maybe that's one reason she is so gorgeous. Yeah, she's, she's really pretty. Frighteningly beautiful. Ah, it's a great world. There's so many things we can get to be. So you have you have bugs. I, well, no, when you say it that way, it sounds terrible. Okay, you have bugs, Adair. No, I don't have bugs. <laughs> okay. I have, um, I have uh, praying mantises that hatched in my backyard. And so. why, why are they there? Well, they're there because they eat bugs. They eat pretty much any kind of bug that they can overpower. And for the most part, I dislike bugs. So I am happy to have the one bug get rid of the other bugs. Um, and I ordered them on Amazon. You can go on Amazon and order praying mantis egg cases. And I kind of didn't think they would really work. But what do you know? I went out in my yard the other day, found a bunch of little baby mantises crawling around with their little praying mantis feet. That's very cool. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of fun. Back in Kansas City, we had a guy come to do our, our lawn, and he found a praying mantis, and he came running inside with great enthusiasm, telling me that that was luck. That I can't remember where he came from. He came from some country other than this one. And he said that in his culture, if you have praying mantises, it brings good things, good fortune. Well, good. You can order good fortune right on Amazon. <laughs> life is good. Life is good. I have been doing something healthy that's kind of interesting. Have you ever heard of oil pulling? No. Okay. This is an Ayurvedic thing. Is Ayur- this like where you rub yourself with oils? No, I do that too. <laughs> okay. uh, no, this is different. This is actually quite interesting. In Ayurvedic medicine, and for those of you not familiar, that's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. It is a form of of healing that is actually recognized by the World Health Organization. It's the tradition that Deepak Chopra comes from. And one of their suggestions is that in addition to brushing your teeth and flossing, that you take vegetable oil into your mouth. Traditionally in Ayurveda, they recommended sesame oil. Coconut oil also works, and I think pretty much any vegetable oil. And you squish it around in your mouth, and you just kind of leave it there for like 10 to 20 minutes. So it's something of a commitment. And what is interesting is that modern medicine and modern dentistry have now picked up on this because there's something called the focal theory of infection that shows that people who have 
uh, gum disease, a lot of tooth decay and tooth problems tend to have more systemic illness too. And we're talking some serious stuff like heart disease. Yeah, and we know that, that when you floss, it cuts down your risk of heart attack. Like yeah. That's been medically proven. It, it has. And I, Alzheimer's, arthritis, all sorts of things. But what is so interesting is your teeth only make up a small amount of your mouth. And I wasn't aware until I started reading about this that a lot of this bacteria that can cause trouble in other parts of your body is living on the roof of your mouth and the sides of your mouth and your tongue and wherever. So to do this oil pulling actually kills bacteria and inhibits the, the growth of bacteria all over the place. So I've been doing that. And but it, I, I don't understand. How does oil, why is that better than rinsing with water or mouthwash or something? It's all good. Anything you can do to clean your mouth as often as you can is a good thing. But what they believe, and they don't know for certain, but what they have hypothesized about the oil pulling is that when you squish it around in your mouth and it mixes with the saliva, something called saponification happens. And that means a soap-like action. And it just seems to do a better job of getting rid of the bacteria than these other things do. The best time to do it, surprisingly, is first thing in the morning. I always think, well, you haven't eaten anything. You brushed your teeth last night. Why first thing in the morning? Yeah, but you have that that gross taste in your mouth first thing in the morning. Exactly, because when you're sleeping and and you're not um, drinking or you're not salivating, then the bacteria just get a chance to build up. So I will let you know in a month or two if I am a fabulous health specimen as a result of doing this. Okay. You doing anything good for your health these days? Just the usual. Nothing special. Now, I notice you have a great big old bruise on yourself. What athletic feat caused that? Um, over the weekend, I was doing uh, I was doing trampoline, and I got pretty scraped up from that because it was a mesh trampoline. And, um, and then I did some silks, and then I was filming a fight scene for a short film. And so this scrape on my shoulder, never quite had a chance to heal. And then on the film last night, they, uh, they didn't like the way it looked with the dress they gave me. So they smeared it with makeup, which is not good for helping things heal. That's pretty bad. You like doing things that are sort of challenging. Well, yeah, I mean, I like doing exciting things and often exciting things get you a little banged up. Yeah, that's true. But you're tough and strong. Sure. You have strong vegan bones. I do. Never broken one. Yeah, and that is really interesting. When you think about all the things that you do, jumping off buildings and stuff like that, fighting with people. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to jinx it or anything. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I feel Mm -hmm. the same way. I mean, I'm twice your age. And last October, I walked outside my building, raised my umbrella, and evidently this guy walking down the street thought that I had poked him with my umbrella or dissed him somehow with my umbrella. And he gave me this big old shove and knocked me down on the concrete sidewalk. I mean, I literally bounced. And my first thought was, what did I do to you? And my second thought was, oh my gosh, I have such great vegan bones. That's such a horrible thing though. What if you had had vegan bones and had broken a bunch of stuff? What a horrible person. Well, you know, he probably wasn't a horrible person. He was probably having a horrible day. Well, yeah, but I've had horrible days, and I don't go around shoving strangers onto the ground. You know, it is very interesting living with humans. And here in Manhattan, we have a lot of humans close together. And some of them are interesting, and some of them are just kind and loving and wonderful and fabulous. Some are annoying, and some are more than annoying. I have met some people that, that I found just made me irate, but I still have never resorted to physical violence. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, it was, it was scary, obviously, and, and it made me feel sad because I'd never been harmed or even verbally harmed um, in, in the neighborhood. But, you know, there are crazy people everywhere, and I'm just glad that I was able to get up and walk away from it and oh, I'm glad say too. some prayers I just for him. hope he didn't go and shove other people down onto the ground. I hope so, too. I hope I was the one shove that, you know, took care of whatever need he had to do that. Now, you know, you can call us if you want to get in on this conversation. You can call toll-free at 888-558-6489. Again, that's 888-558-6489. We would just love to hear what you're 
thinking, answer any questions that you might have. After the break, we're going to be bringing on our wonderful guest, Will Tuttle, Ph.D. He is author of The World Peace Diet, and he's also co-hosting this really, really cool event that is starting this very day called Vegan Palooza. Have you heard about that? Uh, only a little bit. What is it exactly? It's a telesummit. 2,000 people have already signed up for this thing. It's a really, really cool event. It's bringing together so many luminaries from the vegan world. So there'll be medical doctors like Neil Barnard and John McDougall, um, a nutritional biochemist T. Colin Campbell, known for the China study, Dr. Brian Clement from the Hippocrates Institute, wonderful authors like um, Colleen Patrick Goudreau, Rip Esselstyn, who did the Engine 2 Diet, and, and friends of ours from two weeks ago, Jasmine Singer and, and Marianne Sullivan from our hen house that were guests on our show, and Kathy Freston, author of The Veganist. All these people are coming together over several days, and they'll all be interviewed by Will Tuttle and his, his co-host Steve Prusak, talking about every aspect of health and, and e- ecology and helping animals and spirituality, and it is so, so cool. So you can check that out. You can just Google Vegan Palooza, or you can go to our blog. You can go to MainStreetVegan.net, click on blog, and we just posted today links so that you can sign up for Vegan Palooza. It's absolutely free from your phone. Couldn't be easier. So that is one of the many cool things that Will Tuttle is involved in, and we'll be hearing from him about other things. So how's the garden growing, Adair? Oh, it's fine. We have our mantises now, and we've got uh, got some kale going. We uh, we have some blueberries that ripened. We got our first couple cherry tomatoes the other day. Isn't it fun? It is. It's it's kind of a pain keeping up with the work of it. Yeah. But it's definitely fun when it finally starts making food that you can actually eat because it just tastes so much better than what you get at the grocery store or even what you get at the farmer's market. Well, plus it's your own. There's probably a pride factor. There's a pride factor, but there's also a uh, you-can-eat-it-minutes-after-it's-been-picked yeah, factor, which yeah. makes it taste really good. You know, nothing is wilted. That makes such a difference. I remember the first time I ate sweet corn raw off the cob from a garden. Now I know why they call it sweet corn. By the time we eat it, it's starchy. You know, it's good. But when but you, you just want to cook it. it, you don't usually want to eat it raw when you just have it from the store. But, yeah, when it's fresh, it's amazing. I would love to grow some corn. Unfortunately, it does take up space. It does. But, yeah, a fresh like that, it's, it's more like candy corn than corn corn. It's, it's good stuff. So I have been shopping today. I was at the health food store, and one of the things I bought was almond butter, and I absolutely loved what the label said. It said, almond butter, ingredients, almonds. I just thought that was so cool. And then it probably said, warning, contains nuts. <laughs> I hate that. Probably. <laughs> Well, people are allergic, I guess. I know they're allergic, but it seems so silly. I know. I I think things should probably say warning contains meat, but that's just my vegan prejudice. Well, they do say warning contains cholesterol on the nutrition facts. Do they? Well, not warning, but, you know, it says contains cholesterol, and that's a pretty good way as a vegan to scan something and find out if it's vegan or not. That's true. Because if you see cholesterol, you know it's not vegan. Very smart. I find that that's a quick shortcut for the store. That is a quick shortcut. Well, I've been trying these days to buy more things that don't even have labels, things that are truly, truly fresh. One of the women that I was with a couple of weeks ago at the last conference I attended, the one before Denver, I was at Vegetarian Summerfest in Pennsylvania, and that was Chef AJ. We will have to have her on, on the show. She's a stand-up comedian and a fabulous chef, and her cookbook is called Unprocessed. It's a great book. It has a picture of a potato on the front. <laughs> it's like like our book, Main Street Vegan, has a picture of an artichoke. Hers has a potato, and it's just unprocessed. And I'm trying to do more and more that's unprocessed because when you really look at healthy people, regardless of what kind of diet they choose, they're eating a lot of food that just grew up out of the ground. That is good, yummy stuff. Well, I have a, uh, an organic vegetable delivery service, which is great because they just send me a box of food every week. And when it's just sent to you, you kind of have to eat it. It's right there. And you figure out what to do with the weird stuff? Um, they don't send me anything weird. It's, it's, you know, kale and apples and oranges and things like that. Ah. 
I used to belong to a community supported agriculture and I felt like they sent a lot of stuff that was purple, but really, really yummy. Oh my gosh, it's just about time for our break and we'll be bringing on Dr. Will Tuttle. So stay with us for more of Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, Trusted king when earthly governments fail. All-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today. Just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. turning five this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to like Victoria Moran, author on Facebook, and post your questions and comments. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Everybody, this is Victoria and this is Adair and we are so happy to be here for segment two of our show today because we have as our guest one of the most admired people, golly, not just in the vegan movement, in the world, I think. Everywhere I go, I run into people who say, oh, Will Tuttle, oh, his book changed my life. His book is called The World Peace Diet and Yes, it's changing lives, and it may be changing the planet. That's really the point, and it's very, very exciting. Dr. Will Tuttle is an educator, author, composer, a classical pianist. You may have heard him at your Unity Church. I believe he's spoken at more Unity Churches and Centers than probably any other vegan. He and his spouse, Madeline, travel full-time, and I want to hear about this. Actually, he gave Adair and me a quote for our book, Main Street Vegan, 
to start our chapter about vegan travel because his whole life is vegan travel. They live in a solar-powered rolling home and and lecture and and do concerts and retreats about 150 times a year. So I would think he would know a little something about stamina as well. So you can find out more about Will at worldpeacediet.org. And you can also call in and ask a question or have a chat with him, your very own self, by calling 888-558-6489. Hey, Will. Hi, Victoria. It's great to be on Main Street Vegan here on Unity Radio. What a great thing. Well, I have a feeling that this show would not exist without you. I think that you have really helped uh, bridge the gap um, between unity and vegans and, and reminding us who, who are in unity that our founders, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, were in fact vocal vegetarians. And in fact, all these quotations from Charles Fillmore that I love and quote all over the place, you found at, at the Unity Library and you sent them to me. What caused you to go in there and do that research? Well, thank you. Yeah, I um, really appreciate the work that you're doing, Victoria, too. It's wonderful uh, what you're doing and uh, with the writing and speaking. And for me, it was realizing as I got more and more deeply involved in unity and the teachings and speaking uh, on Sunday mornings and putting on workshops and lectures and concerts that people had uh, really lost touch with Charles Myrtle Fillmore's teachings about uh, compassion for animals and the importance of eating a, a vegetarian uh, diet. Actually, the word vegan, this was all before the word vegan was even invented in 1944. We're talking about back in the 1910s and 1920s. But um, I went, yeah, so I went to the library one time when we were in Unity Village in Kansas City area, and I was uh, playing music for actually there at the um, chapel. And I, you know, so I had a four or five days and I looked through the library and I was able to find actually not just the quotes that I get furnished to you. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it. There, those are much, there's much larger articles that he wrote or longer articles that he wrote that those quotes come from. So, uh, that was one thing. The other thing was that his son Royal, um, had a actual, uh, column in the weekly unit. I mean, he wrote this every single week and it was called The Vegetarian. And it was, it, I mean, it went on for years and years and years, and, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of actually of these columns that he wrote weekly that were the most passionate uh, and really uh, informative and articulate, um, uh, you know, articulations, I guess is really what it is, of the need uh, to for us to be eating uh, what we would call today a plant-based diet, uh, or for sure a vegetarian diet, and uh, he talked about the health benefits, the envir- even back then the environmental benefits, how it's better for the water and the air. He was even talking back then of how it's, the animals suffer so much. So this really goes back, uh, and in fact, I think the Vegetarian Inn that they started was the, at the, at, in its heyday, it was the largest vegetarian restaurant in North America. You know, but we've all, kind of forgotten all that. So I wanted people to remember. Yeah, well, we're remembering it now <laughs> between you right. all the churches and between um, Unity Online Radio actually coming to Adair and me and offering us this weekly hour. I just feel so grateful and, and, and so excited yeah. to be doing this. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite Charles Fillmore teaching on vegetarianism? Well, you know, the one that always stands out for me, there's two of them, actually, that stand out for me, or actually three. (laughs) The first one is, um, the quote is, we need never look for for universal peace on this earth as long as men kill animals for food. I mean, to me, that is so prophetic. He he was articulating this way back a hundred years ago, that we will never have peace in this world as long as we're killing and eating animals, and so he, he actually intuited the uh, profound connection between our attitude of violence and um, reductionism towards animals and just reducing them to uh, objects to be used and how when we do that to animals, we end up doing that to other human beings. So I really love that teaching uh, of his. I also uh, was very touched 
to learn, uh, the second one was that when Unity School back early on, I think it was in the 19-teens or early 20s, um, came out with the first uh, Unity uh, book. It was a, I think it was a, actually a Unity Bible. Uh, the, the normal thing was to have a leather cover, but Charles and Myrtle specifically rejected that notion to, to use any leather because he said, I didn't want to cause any suffering to our little brothers to use their skins. And so they, back then, there was no alternative to leather except they were just starting to invent sort of a primitive Nagahide material that they use, and they actually use that on this um, early book that normally would have been leather. Uh, and this is actually not vegetarian. This is a vegan teaching, actually, uh, you know, of, of compassion for animals, not just for food, but for products in general. And he actually, in the research I've done, also uh, encouraged people not to eat fish or meat or dairy products or eggs. I mean, he was talking about a totally what we would call today a vegan diet and a vegan way of, of being in the world. And then the third one is uh, he, he very explicitly talks about the connection between spirituality and compassion for animals. Uh, in one place, he talks about how the an, anim, an animal, uh, actually with some meat that was making a lot of people sick, and they figured that the animal was diseased. But actually, when they did some investigation, this uh, large uh, bull or steer uh, was unusually healthy and was, um, it took the men, the slaughterhouses, way back in the good old days when they actually had to, you know, struggle with the animals, I guess, some way. They didn't have these gigantic machines. And it took them an hour, he said, to kill this animal. And so he was, so he had all this anger and rage and, and, and energy in him that the animal did. And he said it, it was presumed that the, this was making the people ill the same way that an angry mother's, uh, her milk makes her infant sick. And so I think, you know, making this connection between the vibrations, in a sense, uh, the energy in the food and our own mental well-being, he went on to say that he thinks that uh, many times people's mental illness, their nightmares, their uh, stress and unhappiness is due in no small part to the violence that they're causing and eating. And he also said that he found in his own life that his spiritual path trajectory went pretty well for a while, but then he hit a plateau, and he found that the only way he could get beyond that plateau and continue to make spiritual progress was to to stop eating animal foods, to stop eating meat especially, and uh, that when he did that, then he could make progress again. And so I think these are all important, very important, very timely ideas that we um, repress, really, I think, in the unity movement at our peril, that uh, these are jewels of wisdom that we should, instead of repressing, we should be talking about. Oh, that that is so fascinating. I think about another movement that was happening around the same time, late 1800s, early 1900s, and that was theosophy. And someone asked the founder of that, uh, Helena Blavatsky, well, do you, do you really have to be a vegetarian? And she said... No, it's just if you don't, it will slow down your spiritual growth. And as it was explained to me, there was nothing that a theosophist would despise more than slowing down their spiritual growth. So it was worth giving up the beefsteak. So- <laughs> right. I think, uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think that uh, Charles would have agreed with that. And not just Charles, but I think we see this teaching actually, if we look carefully, as I, I pointed out actually in the World Peace Diet, we see this teaching in all the world religions, uh, this exhortation to compassion for animals and I think uh, exhortation to uh, living an ethical life in, in harmony with the higher principles and we all know that animals are capable of suffering and so I think it's pretty uh, easy to make the connection from there that uh, acting ethically and spiritual growth really go together. So uh, to be kind to animals is a foundation of uh, authentic spiritual growth. I believe you, Dr. Will Tuttle. Now we're speaking with Will Tuttle, author of The World Peace Diet. If you would like to ask him your questions, give us a call at 888-558-6489. Now, Will, you talked about Charles Fillmore's belief that we would bring about peace on earth by becoming kind to all beings. 
you've written a whole book about this. What's the gist of the World Peace Diet? Oh, thanks. Yeah, basically the idea in, in sort of a couple of sentences is uh, to try to help people realize that all of us actually have been born into a culture that has a hidden uh, program that is injected into us primarily through our daily meal rituals and grow up uh, essentially being forced to participate in these rituals. Meals are the most powerful rituals in any culture in terms of um, transmitting the values and norms and mores and morals of any culture from generation to generation. So if you look deeply into the meals in our culture, we, are see, we see that we are, uh, in a sense, forced to adopt a mentality that is not in our best interest in terms of our spiritual growth, in terms of world peace and freedom and justice and equality. And uh, it's a mentality where we, where we learn to routinely uh, and relentlessly reduce beings to things, to commodities. And so it's this mentality of reductionism, of exploitation, of might makes right, uh, of elitism and privilege, that certain beings are inherently superior to others, this inequality and injustice. And it's also uh, very much a, a mentality of the domination of the feminine principle because it's always been female animals that have been most... Um, harshly treated, and especially their 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 connection with their babies, their giving birth, and so forth. It's something that our culture, at a very uh, fundamental level, dominates viciously in order to have dairy products and eggs, and to have meat too, because all the animals are confined and their babies are stolen. And so this is this is going on not just a little bit. We're talking about essentially just in the United States, 75 million animals being killed every day. So this is a huge gigantic industrial killing machine going on. And so the World Peace Diet essentially is uh, an, an attempt to help us see not just the sort of the shallow outer uh, damage that's done by this, but to look deeply into the damage that's done to us uh, by participating in this and contributing to it and to see that by forcing ourselves to go into denial and disconnectedness, um, that we really not only cause enormous harm to hungry people, to ecosystems, to slaughterhouse workers, to animals and wildlife and future generations, you know, the, the others, but we also do enormous harm to ourselves and to our own inner peace, to our own physical health, to our psychological health, to our spiritual and ethical health and maturity. So it's, I think, essentially really on our plates uh, in the unity movement. I think anyone who is interested in authentic spirituality to uh, look deeply into our food system, and it's a very wonderful adventure to go on as well. It, it is indeed. Will, you have a caller, uh, Beth from Stanley, Kansas. Hey, Beth. Hi, I'm calling from Overland Park, Kansas. Oh, okay. Um, hi, Will. Hi, Victoria. Uh, well, I love what you're saying. I I want to know what advice you would have for anyone who's speaking to somebody who considers themselves a very spiritual person, um, who speaks about the sacredness of all life and understanding we're all connected, who embraces the wisdom of Sophia, yet defines themselves as a compassionate carnivore, and then they continue to eat the flesh and secretion of animals. It's a great question, Beth. I, I definitely can hear in your voice a sense of frustration about that because it seems like if someone really authentically was um, as sensitive and spiritual as they are claiming to be, uh, they wouldn't be doing that. And the great saying by Goethe, he says, to know and not to do is not to know. And I just love that because it's essentially the truth. I mean, if we if we think we know something but we're not acting in alignment with, we really actually do not know it. We don't actually understand the situation. And so, but, but, the, but the thing is, obviously, people are essentially um, feel threatened, typically, if we question deeply held um, beliefs. And so, and very often, uh, it's difficult because people have psychological uh, uh, obstacles, uh, places within themselves where they have not yet matured psychologically and spiritually and, and uh, you know, they still have uh, issues perhaps with their mother or whatever. They're not able to 
to um, be independent. See, one of the things is, I, I mentioned the World Peace Diet, we're very attached to the food that we got from our parents at a deep psychological level, and if we haven't resolved our relationships with our parents uh, in our own minds well, then it, it may be hard for us to give up the foods, the, whatever it was, the grilled cheese sandwiches she used to make that made me think, I know she really loves me, or the, the whatever it was, the, the uh, hamburgers and hot dogs and so forth. So uh, there's definitely work that people have to do, deep work, to free themselves from these kinds of insecurities so that they can grow up and, and get off the, the nipple of a cow, for example. I mean, just stop thinking that, they, you know, that, we, haven't, that, we, you know, that we can actually wean ourselves from the mammary secretions of, of our mothers and to uh, grow up and to face the reality that when I take out my wallet and pay uh, someone to stab an animal, I'm causing enormous suffering for them and actually for myself as well. And that is, there's no way to kill compassionately. I mean, killing, uh, I, I mean, you know, a being who wants to live, I mean, perhaps it's a way to kill compassionately if someone's really in a lot of pain and, and close to death. But, I mean, to actually kill another for my own benefit, which is what we're doing, is the opposite, the, the polar opposite of compassion and of spiritual understanding. Well, so I'm sorry. Uh, I need to stop you for a break. Hold that thought. Sure. We're going to come back okay. <laughs> with not the polar opposite of compassion, with pure, beautiful compassion, which you write and speak about so beautifully in the World Peace Diet. Stay with us, everyone. We'll have more Main Street Vegan right after this. Right after What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Just what does that dream mean? Ever wake up from a crazy dream and wonder what it meant? Have you had a recurring dream all your life and you just can't get it to stop? Get all your questions about dreams and dream interpretation answered by the leading expert in the field. Unity Online Radio is home to America's leading dream expert, Dr. Michael Lennox. And on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central, the Dream Doctor is definitely in. Tune in to Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, everybody. It's Victoria. And Adair. Adair is here. She's just sleepy. That's the acting life. I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. Well, that's good. We have lots of good stuff to listen to. So, Will, you were finishing up a a question from Beth about how to speak to someone who who claims to be and, and believes they are and probably is very spiritual, but just can't get this piece, the animal piece, the vegetarian piece. Right. So just to finish up there, um, two two main points. One is that um, the industry, there's a whole industry that's sprung up around so-called uh, free-range, grass-fed, compassionate certified foods, meat, dairy products, and eggs. Um, that attempts essentially to hide from people the fact that there is inherent cruelty in these. There's been quite a few undercover investigations going into small dairies, compassionate so-called small uh, slaughterhouses, and have found extreme um, 
cruelty to animals, even worse very very often than in the large-scale operations. So uh, there is, inevitably, there's a lot of cruelty involved. And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore knew this. I mean, they were writing in the, in the time back, uh, that these people trying to get back to, you know, 100 years ago, and there were small fat, you know, family farms. And he was talking back then about the terrible cruelty that these poor animals had to endure. So we should never think that there's not cruelty involved in meat, dairy products, and eggs. There, there always is. These animals are confined and used and killed early, and the babies are stolen and, and, and so forth. But the other thing is to, I think, very, uh, very important, is to simply um, to talk to the other person uh, in, the, in a way that they understand that you are on their side and you and you and you've been through the same thing. You know, the idea that, yes, I understand what you're saying. You know, I, myself, for many years, and it's true, you know, for many years I ate meat and dairy products and eggs, and then when I found out about it, I tried to eat more compassionate uh, versions of those products, but then I realized that those actually don't exist, and then I also realized that um, it, it's so much better, for, not only for my own health, but for the environment, to move toward a plant-based diet, and I did that, and it just gets better and better. To really just speak about my own experience and not in any way pass any judgment on the other person because uh, that's just, that never works. We can just talk about our own experience, and when we do that, I think we build bridges of understanding and we help to, uh, to see that we're not the problem with each other. The problem really is a cultural program that is essentially uh, rampaging through our lives and hurting all of us, and that that is the, the most wonderful thing we can do is to question that and help each other uh, free ourselves from that pro- toxic program. Yeah, that's it's just so loving. I, I think that's really what matters. I mean, when I meet people and, and they're kind of fascinated by what I do, it's just always for me like, yeah, this is what I do Anything you want to know, I'm happy to tell you. But I used to do that other thing years ago when I first became vegetarian at 19. I was just, you know, carrying the signs and just pretty much ready to tap anybody on the head with my beliefs. And it just wasn't loving. It didn't match. If this is about being loving, we've got to be loving to everybody. Well, and I'm sure that there are still ways in which we need to evolve to understand new things. It's just... This happens to be one one place we've gotten to. So, yeah. you know, you can share with someone else what you have learned and what you believe, and maybe they will share with you something that they've learned and they believe that you don't know about exactly. yet. Exactly. That is so true. It's I, not about being holier than thou. No, no. Maybe a little right. bit healthier. Absolutely. Maybe <laughs> healthier. Right. That's one of healthier the great gifts <laughs> we get. Okay. Now, a, a, some very sad news um, came across the internet this morning. I don't know if you heard this, Will, but have you been following the case of the dog Lennox in Northern Ireland? Oh, no, actually, no. Well, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago on the show. Lennox was removed by local authorities from his family, from a special needs child and the rest of the family, because he looked like a pit bull. And they had some kind of law there that that's a breed of dog that people aren't supposed to have. He had been held by the authorities for two years, and we just learned that they had had euthanized this dog. And there was such an uprising around the world, over 100,000 signatures, and I'm not very good with numbers. So I, it I think it was, it was up to like over 200,000. Really? Yeah, it was a lot. So a lot of people were rooting for Lennox, and we, we lost that one. And I know millions of, of dogs and cats are euthanized in this country as well every year. This one seemed to capture the attention of the world. So... Well, this one also was was not a homeless pet being euthanized. It was someone's family pet. I mean, it's sad when any animal is euthanized, but it's also sad when it's an animal who has a family who loves it. It, it, it was. It's it's very very sad. So condolences to Lennox's family, and yet I can't help but believe that the fact that two hundred thousand people from around the world wanted to help is saying something about the the evolution of compassion. In, in the world. Right. Like, you know, it's true. It's when people, you know, it happens, the same thing happens when a cow out of millions of cows jumps over the fence of the slaughterhouse. All these people who normally eat hamburger, you know, three times a week, uh, will cheer that cow on and will say, no, no, we can't kill this cow. This one we have to save and put her in a sanctuary. 
you know, because we put an actual being with the uh, with the being. <laughs> but when we continue to eat animals, we're basically paying for the wholesale slaughter uh, of hundreds of million, billions of animals. And I think uh, it, it just shows that in our hearts, we do not want to cause suffering and pain. We want to celebrate life and celebrate the beauty of life. And so I think this is a great example of how people uh, would be served by moving to a, a vegan diet so that they can actually be living their values and not be in conflict with their own values with every meal. Well, you also have a, a prayer circle for animals. What's that? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, it's, it's, thanks for asking about that. That's called the Worldwide Prayer Circle for Animals. And anyone can, uh, we'd love to have people uh, join. It's, uh, it's Obviously, it's free. And um, Circle of Compassion, www.circleofcompassion.org is the website. And we have hundreds of people from all over the world um, who are members. And we pray every day at noon. However, we like we do, uh, you know, typically a, an affirmative prayer, the way we teach in unity of just knowing the truth that, compassion encircles the earth for all living beings everywhere. We say that prayer, we hold that consciousness, we create a field essentially of consciousness knowing that all living beings, all animals, all human beings were all um, embraced by a field of truth, of love, of joy, of freedom, of compassion. And we work to help free um, animals uh, on that level, not just as you know, through education, but also through um, through prayer. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's circleofcompassion.org. We'll put that on the blog as well at MainStreetVegan.net. Now, Will, you are involved in something incredibly exciting, and you've actually gotten me involved in something incredibly exciting, and it starts this very day. What is it? Right, yeah, I hope uh, everyone who's listening uh, will check this out because it's turning out you know, better than beyond our wildest uh, dreams. It's called Vegan Palooza. That's V-E-G-A-N, Vegan Palooza, P-A-L-O-O-Z-A. You can just go to veganpalooza.com if you want to find out. It's a free event. It's a free online event. It's a telesummit. So basically we have about 30 of the most, um, I think, effective uh, and public pioneers of compassionate and healthy vegan living uh, presenting. We have six per day for five days. So it's running from today the 11th through Sunday the 15th. And uh, we have a theme for each day. The theme for today is vegan nutrition and wellness. We have tomorrow uh, social justice. And then we have thriving as vegans. We have sharing and living the vegan message. And we have veganism and spirituality uh, and that's what actually uh, you, Victoria, will be on with us then, as you know. And uh, so we, we just we have authors, educators, activists, researchers, clinicians, super athletes. We have some of the greatest athletes uh, in the country who are vegans uh, with us on this. So we found it's just enormous. We have, we're doing interviews, and the speakers are presenting their perspective on the benefits of understanding um, plant-based eating and, plant- and compassionate living uh, from a variety of perspectives. We have a, a, a Methodist minister, for example, talking, and uh, Kathy Freston. A lot of the people have been on uh, major national television. A lot of them are uh, New York Times best-selling authors uh, like you, Victoria, have been on um, Oprah Winfrey and sold, your books have sold so well. So this is the thing, and, and uh, if anyone's interested, uh, I think it's a wonderful way to get sort of a, a free uh, online class, in-depth immersion class over the next five days um, in, in all aspects of veganism. I mean, everything you could probably ever imagine asking or finding out about it will be there. And also, um, we have a program where you're, um, if you'd like, you can down, you can have recordings of everything, as well as word-for-word transcripts of everything, as well as uh, lots of bonus gifts. So we have a free version, and then we have the, the version where everything is recorded. You can bring, this, bring that home called the Vegan Plus Inspiration Program. So either way, it's available, and it's never been done before. It's the first time ever, and it's happening right this minute. It's just starting today. So everything's up for a full 24 hours. So you, you won't miss anything if you're interested in finding out. You can go uh, to veganpalooza.com. And we have really a lot of people. We're getting up close to 10,000 people who are actually registered from all over the world. Uh, 10,000? Oh, my gosh. I said 2,000. 
thousand because I was behind on my numbers. Speaking of right this minute, we have about a minute left. I think Adair has a question. I, I have one very quick question since we just have a minute. I'm looking at your yeah. bio and it says that you live in a solar powered rolling home. What is that? Well, it's a fifth wheel trailer. It's a 27 foot fifth wheel trailer. We have a diesel pickup truck that tows it and we travel. I've been to, uh, as you said, many uh, hundreds of, of Unity churches uh, over the last 20 years, full-time traveling. We get all of our electricity from solar panels on the roof that feed large golf cart batteries that we have underneath. I installed all this over the years. So we can go for weeks uh, without ever needing any electricity, without needing to plug in, and uh, we can run all of our everything from the sun. So it's a great way to live with a very small eco footprint. I think when you combine that with, um, you know, living a vegan life, uh, you know, and and, uh, it's just a wonderful uh, way to live in terms of uh, being able to see this beautiful world, meet lots of wonderful people. Uh, We only put about 15,000 miles a year on our vehicle, so we don't don't really drive that much either. So it's, um, it's just, we just love it, actually. We're in our our 17th year doing this. Well, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. We've, we've got to go. I think you have the, the smallest okay. carbon footprint of Great. anybody I know. We'll put all this information on the blog on MainStreetVegan.net. Thanks to Will Tuttle. And Great. thanks to you for joining us on Main Street Vegan. For listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karen Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Reverend Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? 
What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. 